How confused are you about gut health? You've been told to eat this food and you've been told to avoid this food. And then you've been told gut health is the key for your health. You've been told this about gut health, that about gut health. It is just overwhelming and confusing. And then your question is, is what is gut health and what's actually good for me? That is exactly why I did today's episode, because what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode is the overview on gut health. I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview of gut health, and then we're going to go into five foods that harm your gut health, and then five foods that are beneficial for your gut health. That is what today's episode is about. So if you're interested about gut health, let's get into it. It's Mondays with Mahela. That's right, me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I absolutely love, love, love and appreciate your support. For any of you who don't know me, my name is Mahela. I'm a qualified naturopath and I'm here to educate you on your health. I'm absolutely passionate about all things health, business and overall success. And today's segment, Mondays with Mahela, is part of the natural health podcast. That's right. And today I'm providing you with simple, savvy and sustainable health hacks optimize your health. And today's episode is exactly that. I'm going to provide you simple, savvy and sustainable health hacks for gut health. That's right. I mean, there's so much confusing information out there on gut health. You just put in gut health in Google and you're going to get so many different types of articles, so many different types of advices. One's going to say, eat an apple a day. The other one's going to say, don't eat an apple a day. One's going to say, you're bloated because of this. The other one's going to say, you're constipated because of that. If you want to fix your constipation or your diarrhea, do this, do that. No wonder you are confused. As a health professional, I am confused also. (laughs) That's exactly why I thought I'll dig a bit deeper and find out, give you actually an overview about gut health and then provide you with some simple foods to stay away from, and then some simple foods to incorporate into your diet. And of course, like I always do, I give you more than just the foods. I go into the detail. So let's start off with gut health, right? Maintaining a healthy gut can lead to so many benefits. We know that. We have read about it. It is beyond our digestion. It is to do with our body's absorption, body uh, nutrients absorption, regulating our hormones that are used throughout the body. It's the front line for our immune system, our neurotransmitters. You name it, it can be associated to our gut. I've done so many episodes on gut health and other gut-related issues and the gut-brain axis and so forth. So look through the episode on the Natural Health Podcast and you'll be able to get more information on gut health because this episode, I'm just going to skim through. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but further episodes I have done go into a lot of detail. So as I said, the gut health is so complex, right? And it's important for our overall health. It is a topic that is increased, increased research and increased um our need for it, increased our knowledge base on it, right? In the medical community, there's been numerous studies in the past two decades that have demonstrated links between gut health and the immune system, the mood, mental health, autoimmune diseases, endocrine disorders, skin condition, even cancer linked to gut health. So this just shows us a little bit of how important our gut health is with our overall health, right? 
The term gut microbe refers specifically to the microorganisms living in our, your intestine, mine intestines. So an individual has about 500, uh, 300 to 500 different species of bacteria. Doesn't mean you only have 300 or 500 bacteria. You have different species. So it's you have millions, trillions of bacteria in your gut, in the digestive tract, while some micro organisms are harmful to our health many are incredibly beneficial even necessary to our healthy so i always say you've got the good guys here and then you've got the bad guys here and it's kind of like a seesaw right you the good guys if, if there's if there's more uh, good guys you have less bad guys and less good guys more bad guys and so forth right you need to have a balance it can't be one way or another it's not beneficial right i think a, re- a study i read it's supposed to say 80 percent good guys 20 percent bad guys that is the equilibrium that's how it's supposed to be and that's when our body functions at its optimal level and that's what we want to achieve but there are so many things that actually impact our gut um one of the main ones that comes to my mind are antibiotics individuals who take antibiotics from research that i've read it takes about seven years for one dose of antibiotics to for your body to repair the damage caused in the microbiome from one dose of antibiotics. That is extraordinary, right? So um, gut bacteria, it has a wide variety of good bacteria in your gut, can enhance your immune system function, improve symptoms of depression, help combat obesity, and provide numerous benefits. So there's been so many studies done in regards to the type of bacteria you have in your stomach and you having the risk or association with obesity. It's just absolutely crazy. But then you think about, I think my gut's all right. Is it all right? What? So I'm going to talk about some signs and symptoms of an unhealthy gut. And these include gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, um, the changes between constipation and diarrhea, heartburn, a high sugar diet, craving that sugar, weight changes, gaining or losing weight without even wanting to, fatigue, brain fog, sleep issues, skin issues, autoimmune conditions, food intolerances, um, allergies, um, neurotransmitters, depression, anxiety, out of balance neurotransmitters like I mentioned. These are just naming some of them. There are so many that you just get confused and you can literally pinpoint anything and everything to a gut issue. Yes, a gut issue. It's so interesting, right? So in recent years, scientists have discovered that the GI, gastrointestinal system, has an even bigger, more complex job than previously appreciated. So previously we thought, okay, it has a role. It's absolutely amazing. But now they're saying the role is just extraordinary. It's been linked to numerous effects of health that have seemingly nothing to do with digestion, from immunity to emotional stress to chronic illness, including cancer and type 2 diabetes. So we know that the gastrointestinal tract has trillions of bacteria that not only help us process food, but also help our body maintain its homeostasis and overall well-being, right? So the, 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 the question, or sorry, the answer to your health or your disease may actually lay in your microbiome which is absolutely crazy and it's extraordinary because that means there's so many things that you can do to assist it but there's so many things you can do to damage it also the research on the microbiome it's still in its early stages even though we've done so much research study right 
but they've all, studies have already found that certain environments, food behaviors can influence the gut health for better or for worse. So making that balance with the good and the bad guys add a whack to 8 to 20%, right? So why is gut health important, right? Everyone's microbiome is unique. My microbiome to your microbiome is totally different, right? Absolutely different. It might have different species, lower levels of this species, higher levels of that species, right? In healthy people, there is a diversity array of more organisms. So there's a study that they've actually done that said that the more different types of species you have, the better right? So the healthier your gut microbiome, they actually mapped it out and you see different species, you see this one and that one and this one and that one. So the more varieties of species you have is actually the healthier, which is really interesting. In an unhealthy individual, there's much less diversity and there seems to be an increase of bacteria we associated with disease causing so that's also an interesting point there right so the different types of bacteria to make it a little bit simple is some bacteria fight inflammation while others promote inflammation so bacteria in itself can't just be bad and put there and that's it it can't be just put good and that's it it's a variety it depends what species it is what it does it can cause inflammation it can be anti-inflammatory when the gut works as it should there are two types that keep each other in check right um and this is what I was talking about, the good and the bad guys, right? Specific types of bacteria in the gut can lead to other conditions as well. Studies in both animals and humans have linked some bacteria to lower immune function, others to greater risk of asthma, allergies, and still others to chronic illnesses like diabetes, heart disease, multiple sclerosis, and even some cancers. Gut health has even been linked to anxiety, depression, and to neurological conditions like schizophrenia and dementia. The makeup of gut bacteria also varies between lean and overweight people, suggesting that it may play a role in causing obesity in the first place. It's kind of like individuals may actually be obese due to their gut bacteria. And this is unheard of. A lot of people wouldn't even think about that. When you go to your doctors and you go, oh, I've put on a bit of weight, okay, they straight away go, what are you eating? Are you exercising? They don't go, oh, let's have a look at your gut microbe. Um, let's map out your gut microbe and see what bacteria you have, because maybe this bacteria may be causing you to be obese. Or when you have a disease or you've been diagnosed with a disease, no one goes to you, hey, let's map out your gut microbe. Let's let's map it out. Let's look at the bacteria you have, the bacteria you don't have, and what we need to put back in and what we need to do. They don't do that. Should they do that? In my opinion, yes, you should. You should know the gut bacteria that you have in your body and what it is doing. Is it inflammatory? Is it anti-inflammatory? Is it causing diabetes? Is it um, causing immune issues? Is it causing neurotransmitter issues? Your mood, your depression. Anyone who has any type of anxiety or depression, you need to look at your gut. We need to have a look at what bacteria you have in your gut and what that may be doing to your body. Okay, now that we have a little bit of an idea about the gut, um, gut health and the gut microbe, right? Which I said, there's more videos with more detail in it. I wanna go into now five foods that are absolutely bad for your gut, right? So let's get into it. Number one is dairy. That's right. I said it, dairy. And what do I mean by dairy? I'm talking about cheese, milk, yogurt, and so forth, right? Some people are going to be more sensitive to dairy products than others, but research has shown that a diet rich in dairy products has significant effects on your gut microbe, and it takes only a few days of increased dairy for those changes to take place. Only a few days. So you might not have eaten any dairy for months, and then all of a sudden you binge that dairy on the weekend, and there goes your gut microbe, right? 
So that's the issue with the dairy. But the issue not only lays with the dairy, the issue also lays because most of the dairy products have been ingested with antibiotics, right? While antibiotics are literally lifesavers to some extent, overusing them is absolute disaster. These substances have a huge effect on the gut, getting rid of beneficial and non-beneficial bacteria like which throws your microbiome out of whack, right? The issue is that that most people, when you um, have dairy, you're actually being exposed to antibiotics without even knowing. So, but you're, so you're staying away from antibiotics, thinking you're doing a good thing, but here you are eating dairy, cheese, milk, so forth, which has antibodies in it without you even knowing. And that's causing the issue there. Absolutely crazy. The second one is alcohol. Yes, alcohol causes havoc on your gut. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you have a bit of alcohol, you get hungover as, and then you're just vomiting and you just have that yucky feeling in your stomach. That is probably your good, bad bacteria just dying slowly. <laughs> there you go. So the thing is, is that we know that um, it's not just... So early research looking at alcohol suggests that chronic alcohol intake is associated with changes in the bacterial microbiome, which may play a role in alcohol-induced tissue injury and liver disease. While we need more research done on a healthy population, it's probably best to throw them back into moderation or remove them at all because alcohol... I've actually done a video on what alcohol does on your gut. Check it out. It is extraordinary. It damages your gut microbiome. It throws it out of whack. It's not something that, you know, we should probably have every day or every month. Um, it's actually a carcinogenic. Alcohol has been proven by the World Health Organization as a carcinogenic, which means it's, it causes cancer, full stop. You know, uh, it's interesting that in some countries it's illegal and some countries it's very legal and highly priced. So that's just controversial and I have so much to say about this. But anyway, alcohol cause havoc on your gut and that may be causing your bloating your gas your constipation your diarrhea your gut issues right the other one is carnagenin what is carnagenin it's a food additive added into plant-based milks added in dairy and milk so for example if you've got milk chocolate it usually has carnagenin because what carnagenin does is it combines it together right it's an additive put in there because some most of the um milk milk chocolate milk product says shake right because you're shaking it together but if it doesn't say shake it's probably got carnagene in it because it combines it together so you don't get that yucky thing at the bottom right but stay away from carnagene just shake the bottle right because it's a common stabilizer it's found in cheese ice cream bread jam milk even lunch meats chicken and so forth and also in plant-based milks almond milks are filled with her right so it causes gut inflammation. The vast majority of animal studies have found some evidence of intestinal damage with a carnagen-rich diet. How applicable it is to humans is another question. But I did a whole podcast episode on carnagen and the health effects, the benefits or not benefits, the disadvantages it has on your health. I did a whole thing on it, right? So... It's important to note that the studies didn't, so these carnagen causes inflammation in your intestines, in your, in your body causing issues to your gut, right? So the other one is, I know you're probably like, am I going to mention it or am I not? I'm mentioning it. It's gluten, right? I'm not here to demonize gluten today. I'm not here to tell you to stop eating gluten. I'm here to just provide you information, right? So in the recent years, it has gotten a pretty bad reputation all around, right? The good and the bad and so forth. If you're celiac, if you're not, right? Although feeling sensitive to gluten despite not having allergies to it could actually be an issue in the gut. 
You don't have to be gluten sensitive, suffer negative side effects from the consumption of gluten. Research sample displayed groups eating gluten for one week experienced increased stomach pains and bloating, though there were no significant impacts of the intestinal permeability right? It is important to look at the way in which gluten might be interacting with people who have autoimmune diseases. We know that an autoimmune response and tolerance can be caused by the foreign toxins of antigen trafficking through the body via the zonulin-dependent pathways, plus through activation by the gut bacteria and gluten interaction. This essentially leads us to believe that the functions are likely involved in the development of inflammation and autoimmune processes, which gives us a clear way to treat it down then regulating the zonulin pathway. We can potentially begin to reestablish the intestinal um, barrier. So essentially in eliminating gluten assists with reducing the inflammation in our intestines. If some people are celiac, which means they actually cannot have gluten, some people are gluten sensitive, totally different to celiac, and some people are gluten intolerant, and some people just can have gluten and there's no issues with it. So you need to figure out where you sit on that pathway. One is figuring out, do you have antibodies against gluten? The other one is, do you have any signs and symptoms when you have gluten? Any bloating, any cramping, any things that I mentioned before, um, constipation, diarrhea, so forth. It can be one, two, three days after you have consumed gluten. So you may think it's what you consumed today, but it actually might have been something that you consumed three days ago that's affecting you today. So keep a note of it. So it may not have an immediate effect because you're not allergic to it. You may be intolerant to it. So if you have gluten three days in a row, you might trigger it, okay? The other one, which is an absolutely interesting one, and I thought I have to put it in here, is tap water. That's right, tap water, right? I'm usually all about drink your water, make sure you have enough water in your body, right? But staying hydrated is fundamental for your gut. However, given our bodies are made up of what, 60, 70% of water, so while we would never recommend you putting down your glass of water, I would definitely recommend putting down your glass of tap water. <laughs> well, in a way, you know, it's kind of like, do you, mm, it's, it's kind of like, do you have that water that has all those chemicals in it? or do you not have water? It's such a hard question to answer. Essentially is make sure that your water is clean and then of course you can have that water, right? While your water is absolutely drinkable when it comes out of the tap, it's also treated with a number of chemicals, including chlorine, chlorine, which can have significant negative effects on your gut bacteria. So having, so I have a shower filter. It's so interesting, right? And this shower filter removes all the toxins and so forth while I have a shower. Unfortunately, the other day, it stopped working. And I knew it stopped working because it was full and needed to be replaced. And I've just got, took it off and had my shower without it. And that chlorine smell, the bacteria, I could taste it, I could feel it. And I actually put it in my mouth and I was like, make sure I did not swallow that because I know that that is going to affect my gut microbe. That's going to affect. So what make, the thing that blows my mind is, is me having a shower and accidentally drinking that water may result from me having diarrhea the next day or constipation or even bloating. That That, that is extraordinary, right? Don't forget about the presence of antibiotics and other chemicals. When you consume antibiotics, like I mentioned earlier, your gut microbe just washes out, right? While, of course, process before it makes its way to the tap, the water can still have residue of antibiotics in it, which in turn affects your gut microbe, right? So the key is to make sure that your water is filtered, that your water is filtered water before you drink it to make sure that you have 
non-chemical water to drink that is the key and who would have thought that water can impact your gut microbe that water may actually be making you anxious that water may be making you depressed that water may be contributing to autoimmune disease that that water may be contributing to thyroid that water may be contributing to your um skin issues so forth right absolutely crazy that's why i'm here to inform you with this information so you know what to do so there you have it you've got five different foods and drinks that i've mentioned that have a harmful effect on your gut microbe all right let's get into talking about five foods that are absolutely beneficial for your gut let's get into it so these are the foods that you want to have a lot of or after talking to a healthcare professional you want to include in your diet that's going to help your gut. The first one is going to shock you because you're like, well, what is this? Jerusalem artichokes. These things are just absolutely amazing and they taste delicious. They're also known as sunchoke. The Jerusalem artichoke is a tasty tuber packed with full of prebiotic fiber inulin. Early research suggests that inulin from the Jerusalem artichoke increases the good bacteria in your gut, suppresses the bad pathogen bacteria, and helps promote regularity. So go into the bathroom once, twice a day, not a week. Insulin excess has been known to cause some serious gas. So there's the reason. So this is why you need to consider how much you're taking. Introduce it slowly into your diet, right? This is absolutely amazing. Other good sources of inulin include chicory root asparagus, dandelion root, onions, and garlic. And when you think about those, you're like, ooh, they do make me a little bit gassy. But that may be the inulin, right? But you can, what you can do is, I know we're talking about Jerusalem artichokes, but on this note, there's this absolutely amazing chicory root, dandelion root drink. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely beneficial. Beneficial for your gut also. So think about that. You're having these absolutely amazing drinks that you love, and it's beneficial for your gut. Yum, yum, yum. The second food that's beneficial for your gut is garlic. I've done a whole episode on garlic and how beneficial garlic is for your health. And I'm mentioning it again, garlic, garlic, garlic. Yes. In addition to providing inulin, which I mentioned, the fiber, garlic is also rich in natural prebiotics. Early in vitro research has found that garlic increases the good bacteria in the gut, which may help prevent some gastrointestinal diseases and irregularities. If you want to double down on those um, prebiotics, other rich sources includes leek, asparagus, and onions, similar to the ones that I've mentioned before. Yum, yum, yum. I absolutely love garlic. It makes everything so yummy, right? The third one is an interesting one because a lot of it's kind of like a lot of people like it or they just don't like it. I'm kind of more on the don't like a bandwagon, but I'm trying to get myself to like it. And that's green unripe bananas. I mean, who would eat green unripe bananas? It just, to me, it's just kind of like makes my mouth oof, yucky, but hey, it's beneficial for my gut. So why not include it in my smoothie, right? Unripe bananas are loaded with prebiotic fiber resistance charge, which is breaking down by the bacteria to develop those short chain fatty acids, right? What are short chain fatty acids? They are fewer than six carbon atoms derived from intestinal microbial fermentation of indigestible foods. They're the main energy source of colonocytes, making them crucial for gastrointestinal health. It's key for you to have a good number of these in your intestines. So what happened is, is they did findings from a meta-analysis and cinematic study of randomized controlled trials suggesting that supplementing the diet with resistant starch significantly improved bowel movements and overall functions of the gut. Research suggests that you only need to aim for 6 grams of resistance starch per meal to get the benefits. So in addition to eating green bananas, unripe bananas, you also want to add up to your root veggies 
legumes and grains. Um, yeah, so, and, and then what you do is, so the thing is, believe it or not, cooling off your starch, such as eating leftover rice from the fridge, left, uh, um, potatoes, cold potatoes, increases the resistant starch content right which then feeds our gut bacteria yummy yummy increases more of the good bacteria diversity absolutely amazing the other one is apples and apple a day keeps the doctor away maybe that was right from somewhere and apple a day keeps the gastroenterologist away so interesting i read this and I, was like, I have to include it in here and that might be largely due to peptin content peptin makes up to 50 percent of fiber content in an apple and has been shown in exploratory animal research to help increase the uh, the total scfa which is the short chain fatty acid uh, content which is the bacteria's favorite food that's what you can call it right in the bowels it also appears to help reduce bad bacteria in the gut so keep an apple on hand for your daily snack make sure you have an apple with the protein and the fat not just by itself but apples 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 absolutely love apples the other, last night i actually made an apple gluten-free vegan cake oh my gosh so yummy so yummy so feeding my good bacteria right there the last one i was so happy to talk about this one because it is cacao okay any reason to get that chocolate in you i'm not talking about just any chocolate i'm talking about 100 cacao okay 90 cacao but this is unprocessed version of chocolate it's rich rich with polyphenol flanodes which in addition to the heart healthy properties it also has a prebiotic effect so one study actually found that consuming a drink rich in cacao flavonoids significantly increased the good bacteria of bibliothuria and lactobullus content of the gut while reducing the bad bacteria count to get the bigger flavonoids bang, you need to make sure that your cacao, if you're getting the chocolate version, it's to be over 80%. But just pure cacao, mixing in your smoothie, you are feeding your good gut bacteria. Yummy, yummy, yummy. So you can make, let's let's go here. You can make a green unripe banana apple cacao cake. And then you have a bit of garlic on the side with Jerusalem artichokes for dinner. That in itself, all those, oh my gosh, you're just like, you're feeding your good bucks right and you want to stay away what do you want to stay away from you want to stay away from the tap water you want to stay away from the gluten from the dairy the carnagene food additives the alcohol those are the things that you want to stay away from because they are destroying your gut microbe and you need to make sure not just you have a good gut microbe that you have a large burst diversity of good microbe this is why it's so important to eat seasonally so important to eat in accordance to the seasons to keep the diversity of the bacteria right there you have it you know now what your gut microbe is your gut bacteria what it does how you can what are the signs and symptoms if it's not well and then the five foods you can stay away from and the five foods to include in your diet love like share this episode with someone that needs to hear about this that needs to improve their gut health right now do what you do best love like share rate review the natural health podcast until next monday love you